Hey everybody, this is Pastor Cor Chavis. Thank you so much for checking us out today at Truth Chapel's podcast. If this word has blessed your spirit or encouraged you, take a moment and leave us a quick review. Also, check us out at truth-chapel.com or any of our social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. God bless, and I pray you enjoy. Turn in your Bible to Psalms 127. And I'm going to just read a part of verse 1. When you have it, you shout, I got it. The Bible says, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. My, my, my. And I'm going to continue my series that I started last week on the Lord building. Let's pray together. God, I love you so much. I'm so thankful to be in your house today. I pray that you would touch us today, that you would just let your spirit rest in this room. Speak to our hearts today. Encourage us. And let us not only be hearers of the word, but let us be doers of the word also. And we'll be careful to give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. And someone shout in Jesus' name. Come on, shout in Jesus' name. Shout it one more time in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated in the house of the Lord today. Amen. Let me get ready to preach today. I got to get ready to preach. Amen. We're going to preach a little bit today. We're going to be fancy today. Well, well, I'm working on a building whose builder and maker is God. Let me just say this in the beginning of my message today. And it's a theme that I like to present not only today, but I'll present it again next week as well. This is uh, what I'd like to present to you today is that if the Lord builds it, you don't have to. If the Lord builds it, you'll never have to worry about building. You just have to worry about being obedient. That the Lord will build it. When, when me and my wife moved to uh, Georgia and decided to start a church, I made the Lord a commitment, and this is the commitment that I made to the Lord. And some of you have heard me give my pastor's pledge before, and it is tied up in my pastor's pledge. I I believe in in pledges. I believe in saying things over and over again. I'm ex-military, and in the military, they make you say stuff over and over again uh, because they understand that if you say it enough, you'll believe it. And so when I say that I'm pledging, Uh, It's something that I like to say to myself a lot, but every once in a while, at least a couple times a year, I will say it to you again. But this is the commitment that I made to the Lord. And my commitment was this, that this church will never be my church. This is not my church. It's a commitment that I made to the Lord before I started, before I ever knocked on a door, before I ever put words to paper, 
before we ever incorporated, before we ever got a 501c3, before we ever had a building, before we ever swept the floor, before we ever had a Sunday school class, before we ever sang a song, preached a message. I made a commitment to the Lord that this will not be my church. It'll never be my church because I understand that if this is the Lord's building, he'll build it better than I could ever imagine about building if, if this is the Lord's business, it'll be run smoother than any business that I could possibly run. If I would let the Lord be the leader and the guide, and I would just keep my fleshly hands and thoughts and processes off of it and say, Lord, whatever you want to do, I knew that if I would do that, that we would be further along than we could possibly imagine being if we tried to drive the cart, tried to drive the buggy, if we tried to build it ourselves. But it hasn't been easy. It hasn't been uh, without failure. It hasn't been without struggle. It has not been without work. I've worked, I've struggled, I've cried, I've wept, I've been angry, I've been excited, I've been up and I've been down. But it's still the Lord's building. Just because we say that it's the Lord's building does not exempt us from any pain or any suffering or any effort or any, any energy. Just because it's the Lord's building does not somehow miraculously take us out of the equation and we don't have anything to do. No, you will put in effort. You will put in sweat equity. You will put in time and you'll put in energy. But it'll be in the things of God and not the things of the flesh. I'm spirit-led and not flesh-led. I try every day to be spirit-led because I know if I'm spirit-led, the Lord is taking me where he wants me to go and I'm not going where I think I should go. Amen? The steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord, but only if I let the Lord order it, only if I let the Lord build it, only if I let the Lord have his way, only if I let the Lord lead me and let the Lord guide me. He is not a taskmaster. God does not have a leash. He has a hand. God does not have a leash. God does not put a leash on us and drag us here and there to and fro. He has a hand. And if you are brave enough and, and, and able to take his hand, he'll lead you. But he will never tie a rope around your neck and drag you around. He's not that kind of God. He's not that kind of God. He said, if those who want to have access to me, the only way to have access to me is to have faith. And, and, and that faith requires two things. That first, you must believe that I am. You got to believe that he is. You got to believe that he is everything that he said he is. You got to believe that he is the king of kings and the lord of lords and the prince of peace and the fairest of ten. You got to believe that he's Adonai and El Shaddai and Elohim and Emmanuel. You got to believe that he is the first and the last, the Alpha and the Omega. You got to believe that he's Jehovah Jireh. You got to believe that he's Jehovah Rapha. You got to believe that he's Jehovah Nisi. You got to believe that he's Jehovah Shalom. You got to believe it. If you don't believe it, you can't ever have access to him. You got to believe it. He said, you must first believe that I am. And the second thing is, 
You got to believe that I am a rewarder of them that diligently seek me. Do you believe that God is a rewarder? Do you believe that if you seek him, he will reward you? You see, when I was a kid, you didn't get a prize unless you found it. it who play hide and go seek? The only way that you could be sure not to count again, because we all hated counting. One, two, skip a few, a hundred. We all hated counting. The only way that you could be guaranteed to never count again was to actually find the person who was hiding. And so when the Lord says, I have a reward for them that seek me, me and you automatically, the way our minds work, this is what we read. I have a reward for them that find me. But that's not what he said. He didn't say, I have a reward for them that find me. He said, I have a reward for them that seek me. In other words, the reward is not in finding him. The reward is just looking for him. He said, I got a reward for those who would just look for me. You don't have to find me. Who can find God? Who can know the depths of God? His ways are higher than my ways and his thoughts are higher than my thoughts. He said, if you'll just look for me, I promise you, I'll have a reward for you. If you'll just look, just look for me. He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Those are the two foundations of faith is that you believe that he is and you believe that he's a rewarder. We, we're the only ones who serve a God that's a rewarder. He's a, he is a God of rules, but he's also a God of reward. If you don't believe he's a God of rules, don't read the Old Testament. If you don't believe he's a God of rules, don't read the New Testament. He's a God of rules, but he's also a God of reward. He said, if you will seek first the kingdom of God, if you keep me first, I will give you what? The desires of your heart. If you'll keep me first and you'll keep the kingdom of God first, I'll give you the desires of your heart. That's what he said. God has to be the builder. Our focus has to be on him and let him build. Now, last week I started by telling us that this was not where we start. We, this is the fancy part of, of construction. The, the, this is the cool part of construction. But it's not where we start. And remember last week, a, a, instead of breaking out tools, I went behind here and I pulled out a shovel. And I said, the only way to go up is to go down. The only way to build a house is to dig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only way to go up is to go down. Watch what he says here in the book of Luke. Luke 6, Luke 6 and 46. He says, and why call me Lord, Lord? And you don't do the things which I say. This is Luke 6 and 46. He said, you call me Lord, but you don't do what I say. You don't follow my word. He said, whosoever cometh to me and heareth the sayings of mine and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. I'm, I'm going to show you what he's like. He said, he is like a man that built a house and digged deep. Woo, hallelujah. Somebody say dig deep. You can't build a house if you ain't willing to dig. And you can't just dig. You got to dig deep. So the first step is digging, right? That's what we talked about last week. 
You can't, you can't break out this if you're not willing to break out a shovel. This, you, don't, you don't start with this. You start with a shovel. And you dig deep. And the second part is what I'm going to talk about today. He said, he dig deep and laid the foundation on a rock. Somebody say foundation. Today I want to talk to you about foundation. Because after you dig and after you lay, after you get down to that good ground, all dirt is not equal. All ground is not equal. Just because it's dirt don't mean it's God's dirt. Just because it is a, it, it's ground don't mean it's God's ground. It, just because it, it, it may look good don't mean it is good. What are you building on? You can't build a marriage on just relationship. You got to build a marriage on commitment. Oh, hallelujah. You can't build a marriage on emotion because emotion is neither here nor there. Every day is different. You got to build, you got to build a marriage on commitment. I'm committed. This is the covenant that I made. I got two claps and an all right. Okay. What are you building on? And once you get down to that bedrock, he dug deep. The Bible said he dig deep. And he laid the foundation on a rock. Somebody shout foundation. Foundation is hearing the sayings of mine and doeth them. The foundation of your life needs to be and must be the word of God. And not just the word of God, but the obedience to the word of God. Hallelujah. Can I get an amen in the house? You got to have the word in your heart. David said it like this, O God, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. What have you built your foundation on? And what is your foundation? Because if your foundation is education, you're going to fall. If your foundation is knowledge, you're going to fall. If your foundation is emotion, you're going to fall. If your foundation is career, you're going to fall. If your foundation is success, you're going to fall. But if your foundation is the word of God and what God said. Hey, I'm not here today because of what man told me. I'm here today because of what God told me. And you can't shake me. Let the wind blow. Let the hurricanes come. Let the rain fall. You can't shake me because my foundation is on what God said, not what you said. I feel like preaching today. The word kept me. The word saved me. Can I preach it like I feel it? It was the word that brought me out. It was the word that put my feet on a sure foundation. It was the word. When I was weary, I went back to the word. When I was broken, I went back to the word. When I was struggling, I went back to the word. When I couldn't see my way, that word was a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. When I was hurting, the word healed me. When I was broken, the word put me back together. When I was, it was the word. The word kept me from sinning. It wasn't a song. It wasn't a shout. It wasn't a preacher. But the word kept me out of trouble. The word kept my mind right. The word. When people talked about me, the word brought me back to remembrance. The Lord said, the Lord said, the Lord said, when they said I couldn't make it, the Lord said, the Lord said he'll never leave me. The Lord said he'll never forsake me. The Lord said that I've never seen my seed begging bread. 
You need the word in your life. You need the word. You don't need to open the business. You need to open your Bible. If you open your Bible, the business will be successful. You don't need to go buy a marriage license. You need the word. Because if the word is right, the marriage will make it. Hallelujah. Knowledge without wisdom is dangerous. Education without wisdom is dangerous. Success without wisdom is dangerous. Career without word is dangerous. But when you have the word and you know what God said, God said it. I'm not going over there. Why? Because God said. I'm not watching that. Why? Because God said. I'm not talking to him. Why? Because God said. God said it, and I believe it. My foundation is on the word. You see, if you put your foundation on what somebody told you, you're going to be in trouble. And you're going to be in trouble. She said, if I put a ring on it, she'll love me forever. (laughs) Well, that's what she said. That's what she said. But the Bible talks about a virtuous woman. And if she don't match up to what the Bible said, I don't care how big that ring is, baby. I don't care how fine she is. I don't care how good looking she is. If she don't match up with the word, you in trouble. That marriage is not built on a sure foundation. I know he said, baby, if you marry me, I'll give you all your dreams. Well, he didn't tell you that those dreams were the nightmares you was having. He didn't tell you that. He didn't tell you, baby, if you marry me, I'm going to make all those nightmares come true. Uh, uh, he didn't say that. And you built your foundation on what he said. But you didn't go read what the Bible said. I wish that men would lift up holy hands without wrath and without doubting. You should have looked at the Bible. You should have found your man in an altar and not find your man in a club. I don't care if he's got money. Does he have the word? If he got a nice car, it don't matter. Does he have the word? What did God say about it? 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 What did he say about that career? What did he say about that success? What did he say about that position? What did God say about it? And if you're sitting here saying God didn't say nothing about it, then you're probably in trouble. Yeah. What did God say? He said, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, if you hear what I said, and not just hear it, because we all have been hearers before. He's not talking about hearing. He's talking about doing. Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them. Many of you hear it, but you ain't doing it. You already heard good word, but you ain't done it yet. You heard a good message, but you have not put it into action yet. You hear it every Sunday. You hear it every week. You hear it, but you have not done it. Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him. I'll tell you what he's like. He's like a man that dig deep and he built his foundation on a rock. Foundation, foundation, foundation is important. Foundation is important. You can't go up without having a sure foundation. You cannot go up without having a sure foundation. That foundation is going to take time. 
energy and effort. And before you ever, before you ever frame, you better have a good foundation. That foundation is going to have to be the right measurement. Let me, let me, say, let me show you what 1 Kings, go to, go to 1 Kings 5 and 17. And the king commanded, 1 Kings 5 and 17, and the king commanded that they brought great stones, costly stones, and huge stones, and lay the foundation of the house. That's 1 Kings 5 and 17. Let me give you 1 Kings 7 and 9. He said all these were costly stones according to the measures of the huge stone, sawed with saws, within and without even from the foundation unto the coping, and so on the outside toward the great court. Let me show you 1 Kings 7 and 10. And the foundation was of costly stones. Look at your neighbor and say, it's going to cost you. Oh, you didn't hear it. It's going to cost you. If you went and you built your house, Oh, some of that, what, what they call it, air brick, air, air, air stone, what's that stuff? It's like foam. It looks like rock. How many have seen the, what I'm, what I'm talking about? It's called air brick or air stone. It looks just like stone, but it, 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 ain't, it ain't rock at all. It's just some hardened foam. They took some foam, and they made it look like a rock, and they painted it like a rock, and it's, it's easy to handle. It's easy to handle because real stone is heavy. Real, real stone is, is, is time, effort, and energy, but you can get this air stone now. It looks good. Put it up in your bathroom. Oh, that's so nice. Oh, that ain't even real, girl. That's foam. It looks good, but it ain't real. It looks right, but it ain't real. If you're going to build your house on the word, it's got to be the right word. It's going to cost you. And he said this. The foundation was of costly stones, even great stones, stones of 10 cubits and stones of 8 cubits. You don't get to pick the size. You don't get to choose the measurement. Once the architect has told you the measurements, you got to fit in what the architect said. If the architect said the foundation has to be this wide, this long, this deep, this house got to be, and you decide, well, I don't got time for the 10 cubits. I, I got time for five cubits. You're going to be in trouble. You don't get to choose. The Lord has a measurement for you. You know, this is what I've noticed in the Word of God, is that when it comes to God, everything is measured out. Everything. God looks at uh, Moses in the desert, and he says, Moses, I want you to build me a tabernacle. Okay, Lord, we'll put up a tent. No, 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 you can't put up no tent. No, no, no. Here, here's what I want it to be. I want it to be an outer court, an inner court, and a most holy court. And I want the outer court to be big, make it real big, because a lot of people can fit into the outer court. And then the, and the holy place, make it a certain size. It's got to be the exact measurement. It's got to be this long, this wide, this deep. And, and, and only three or four people can fit in there. And then when you build the holy place, it's got to be a small, because only one man at a time can go in this place. And when you build that ark, and if you read in, in the book of Leviticus, when God is giving the measurements, he starts with the ark. And God doesn't work 
from outside in. God works from inside out. Because what the Lord does in you doesn't start on the outside. That's why you come into this church and you see people on different levels because God doesn't start on the outside. That's us. We like to do that kind of stuff. God don't start out here. God starts on the inside and he works his way out. Oh, hallelujah. I got him on the inside and he's working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, God starts with that, with that, that, that most holy piece of furniture, that ark. And he says, I want that ark to be this many cubits. I want it to be this wide. And you just can't make it out of what you want to make it out of. It's got to be shittim wood. And it's got to be covered with gold on the outside and the inside. Beaten gold, fastened. When the Lord breaks out his tape, it's precise. No, 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 Lord. See, my friends say that this is cool. And my girlfriend wants me to be like this. And my boyfriend wants me to be like this. And my friends at school, they want me to be be like this. And God said, no, 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 I don't care what anybody wants you to be. If you be what I called you to be. The Lord has measurements. He measures. Even even when we get to heaven, even when you get to heaven, it ain't going to be just a heaven. No, 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 It's it's a city whose builder and maker is God. God made the building. He's the builder and maker of of that new Jerusalem. And that new Jerusalem is 1,200 miles wide, 1,200 miles high, 12 foundations. Each foundation has the name of an apostle. 12 gates. Each gate is a singular pearl. And every level is made from something different. The first level is made from jasper. The next level is made from sapphire. Measurements. Now let me show you what the Bible says about hell. Hell hath enlarged her mouth without measure. Be careful of folk that don't want to measure and tape in their life. Oh, hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost right there. Be careful of ministries that don't want to measure and tape in their life. Be careful of young men and young ladies that don't want to measure up to what the Lord is telling them to do. If, if you don't want a measurement, then you must be connected to something that has opened its mouth without measure. Hell has no measure, but heaven says this is how it's got to be. It's got to be just like this. It's got to be eight cubits. It's got to be ten cubits. Somebody shout hallelujah. It's got to be just right. It'll be just right. And the Lord will sit down in your life sometimes. The Lord will come right up in your world. And he'll break out that square. Anybody ever seen a square? This is a speed square. You know what a speed square is? Some of y'all looking at me like, I ain't never seen that before in my life. I seen, I thought it was a kid's toy. It's a, tri- it's a triangle. Not really. It's not a triangle. It's a square. Because when you want to make a right, precise measurement, you need to square it up. And you take that square and you lay it on the square side of that piece of wood. And, and once you got it just right, then you can make a mark. And the mark is precise. You see, you can't can't make a mark. See, that's what me and you want God to do. We want God to come into our life and just, just, you know, this, that, this, that. No, no, no. When God comes in, he comes in precise. And when he makes marks in your life, you see, I got some stuff in my life. I got some marks in my life that I'll never be able to wipe off. It's a mark. It's 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 a demarcation line. And I can't go past it. God marked me right there and cut it off right there. And there's some stuff I can't, there's some stuff I can't do because there's a mark in my life. I can take you to the altars 
that God put marks. I can take you to the conferences that God put marks in my life. I can tell you the messages and the preacher who was preaching it when God put that square into my life and said, and I'll never be able to change that mark. I can take you to the campground that Tim Copeland, who pastors right now in Buford, Georgia, stood in that pulpit and preached about angels in your future. And God put a square down in my life and made a mark. And I've never forgot those words. And every time I wanted to do bad, the word. Every time I felt myself slipping, I remember that word. Be careful of those angels because those angels are coming in your future. And I thought about those angels that covered their feet. And I thought about those angels that covered their eyes. And I thought about those angels that took those men and put them into hell. What angel? I can remember those words because there's a mark in my life. I can take you to the altar I was at when Jerry Jones preached the windows of your souls and talked about your eyes, and they talked about those eyes, what they look at, and every once in a while, i got to remind me, remember that mark, and remember, I put that mark in you, be careful little eyes, what you see. Oh, and God put that square into, I didn't ask for it. I didn't say, Lord, mark me here. No, no, no. I didn't say, Lord, no, no, no. no. I, can you move that down a little bit? No. When he put that square into my life, and he broke out that markation, and he marked me. That's where the foundation is. Some of y'all need some marks. Some of y'all need some lines of demarcation in your world. God, cut me off here. I can't go back. Why? Because there's nothing to go on to. And if I build out there, if I put my foundation out there, I'm going to be in trouble because there's no stability out there. There is no ground out there. There is nothing to hold on to out there. You can go out there if you want to. Maybe your mark is different than my mark. But when God marked me, I can't go back on it. Somebody shout Hallelujah. I can't go back on it. You might can go back on it, but I can't go back. You may be able to give up on it, but I can't give. God marked me. He marked me. Isaiah 28, and I'm almost finished. I'm coming to a close. Isaiah 28 and verse 16. He said, therefore, thus saith the Lord, behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure Somebody say sure. We live in the 2019. Ain't nothing sure. You can't believe nobody. You better have a video. You can't believe nothing people say today. When me and you talk about sure, we don't know what sure is. Politicians lying. Newscasts lying. Newspapers lying. Everybody lying. Whatever, wherever the money is. We don't know what sure is anymore. The only thing sure in my life is that word of God. Because it is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And this is what God said. God said this, that sure foundation. He said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but not one tiny spot of my word will pass away. Because when he put that word in my life, he fastened it down. There was a fastening. There was a sure foundation. It was a, it's there. It ain't moving nowhere. It ain't going nowhere. When the Lord put it down, those three nails that still hold, that held him to that cross, those three nails have been placed in my life, and they're not going. There is a sure foundation. There is a rock of salvation. It is a rock in a weary land. It is the stone that the builders rejected. The song said, I run to the mountain, and the mountain stood by me. 
when the earth all around me is sinking sand. On Christ, the solid rock, I, when I need a shelter, when I need a friend, I go to the rock. It's a precious stone. It's the word of God. It is never changing. It will never grow old. It is never outdated. It is, it is always counter-cultural. Always counter it will hurt your feelings, but it's good. I'm closing. Music can come. Get ready. I told you what the man looks like that follows the word. Now let me read for you Luke 6 and 49. Luke 6 and 49 tells us what the man looks like that doesn't do. He said, but in, in Luke 6 and 49, he says, but he that heareth and doeth not. You heard it, but you didn't do it. You heard it. See, hearing, hearing is not key. Doing is key. You heard it, but you didn't do it. And he that heareth it and doeth not is like a man that build, is like a man with, that without a foundation built a house. He didn't lay foundation. He had no foundation. He just built a house on the earth. Now the earth, Every time you see the word earth in the Bible, it is a direct correlation to flesh because God made man from the dust of the earth. It, every time you see earth, it is referring to flesh. And he says, but the man had no foundation. He built on his own power, on his own skill, on his own talent. He built on his own ability. He built on what he could do. He built on the earth. He built on the flesh of man. He, he built his house on him. And I know some people that have built a house on their own talent, and they're good. They're, they're, they're awesome. They've built a house on their own skill, and their skill is phenomenal. I ain't taking nothing away from it. They built a house on their own ability. What a precious ability. What an amazing skill you have. What an, I mean, I know folks who are multi-millionaires on their own talent, on ability, on skill, and that's great. You can do that too. You can have all of that as well, but still have all that built on a sure foundation. Abraham was a multi-billionaire, but the only thing I ever see Abraham building is altars. He never built a house. He built altars. He stacked stones. He built altars and dug wells. He was an altar builder and a well digger. But whoever heareth my sayings and decides I'm not going to do that, I'm going to build my house on the earth. He said, against which the stream did beat vehemently. And immediately... It fell. Watch this. And the ruin of that house was great. Growing up, I had an affinity for 
Robin Williams. I thought he was one of the funniest people on the planet. If you've never seen Patch Adams, I know I'm in church, some of y'all don't believe in that kind of stuff, but it's okay. You'll be all right. Uh, if you've never seen Patch Adams, you owe it to yourself. Robin Williams was a comedic genius. Probably one of the happiest people. He was so happy. He always was happy. You can go and watch, uh, you know, just, just like an award show that he accepted an award at, and in two minutes, everybody's like in the floor. He was just had person. The day, that, the day that they announced that Robin Williams had killed himself, my brother called me, my oldest brother. And he was shook. I mean, he was literally shook. Because, you know, we grew up loving Robin Williams. And he said, Court, did you hear that Robin Williams killed himself? I said, no. He said, bro, Robin Williams committed suicide. And I was just like, no way. And my brother said to me on the phone, bro, there is no hope outside of God. That's what it looks like when someone builds their house on the earth. Talent, amazing. Ability, unparalleled. Skill, so high you couldn't even see the top of it. The ability to capture a crowd. The ability to be so charismatic charisma on a level that most human beings would never even be able to articulate. Put a rope around his neck. Notice. What? Yeah. Because the ruin of that house is always great. I've always wondered since that happened if anybody ever told Robin Williams about did he ever hear the gospel? Did he ever know that Jesus loved him? And that, that thought has run through my mind several times since that moment. But you know what? As many people as he was around, he probably did. I mean, I, I would really be blown away if somebody didn't really tell Robin at some point in his life, somebody had to say, man, have you ever heard of the gospel? It wasn't that he didn't hear it, that he didn't do it. And if you want the Lord to build your house, you have to hear and do. Hear and do. Hear and obey. Oh, no, Lord, this is for sacrifice. This is, I've, I've saved this for sacrifice. The, the prophet said, uh, I thought the Lord told you to kill Amalek, Saul. Uh, I, well, you know, I, I did everything the Lord commanded. And Samuel says, but why do I hear the bleeding of sheep? And Saul said, no, 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 I saved the best sheep. And I saved the best oxen, the sacrifice of the Lord. But your obedience has always been better than sacrifice. No, Saul, God didn't want that to sacrifice. He wanted you to be obedient. Just be obedient. Hear it and do it. If you hear the word and you do the word, whatever you build on that, whatever you build on that, will be successful. If you build a marriage on the Word of God, it'll stand the test of time. If you build a career on the Word of God, it'll stand the test of time. If you build your happiness and your hope and your joy on God's Word, then you, nobody can take your happiness. Nobody can take your joy. If you build your hope on God's Word, it'll be successful.
What are you building on? What are you building on? What are you, is it the Lord or your building? Whose building is it? Is it your building? Are you building it wherever you want to build it? Building it on your own talents? Building it on your own skill? Building it on your own ability? Or have you said, Lord, I'm going to build my house on your word. And if it don't match your word, if it don't fit that line of demarcation, if it don't fit in God, I'm not going to do it. Because you said, these are the measurements. This is the place. His word is line upon line, precept upon precept. Here a little, very little. And not one tittle, that one spot, not one dot of his word shall pass away. It's right where you're sitting right now. I, wonder if you get out. I pray this word was an encouragement to you today. Thank you again for tuning in to Truth Chapel's podcast. If you have not yet, Please take a moment and leave us a quick review. God bless and have a great rest of your day.